This is the Shift Podcast. So coming up on the Shift Daily Podcast, Barbados has cut ties with the English monarchy, becoming a republic. Father Guy Hewitt, a priest and former Barbadian, shares a uh, Barbadian ambassador to the UK, shares what it means for the country and its people. Uh, is Barbados setting an example for other nations to maybe step away from the crown? They've got a pretty good model there, but there are some problems. But in case you missed it, Ryan reviews Justin Bieber's collaboration with Tim Hortons, the Tim Biebs, or Bieber Balls, depends which way it go. Are the Tim Biebs up to the hype? Dave Scott. Dave Scott is back on the ship to celebrate the seventh anniversary of Spaced Out Radio. We highlight the weirdest moments over the uh, duration of the show with aliens, ghosts, and so much more. <laughs> right, sorry, I'm starting. Ryan's mic is on. So every time he's shuffling around and dancing over there. <laughs> Ryan. Oh, I had no idea. This is the Shift Podcast. It's time for In Case You Missed It with Ryan O'Donnell. In case you missed it on the radio, here's Happy Anniversary O'Donnell. (laughs) Yes. The horn, or the, is that a kazoo? Or a... That's a party party horn, man. Party horn. Oh, party horn. Like it extends when you blow it. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I just, yes. Party. There it is. It's been a while. Has it already been a month almost? Yeah, pretty much. That's it feels crazy. like just yesterday. Wow. Kinda. It really does. It yeah. feels like it's just yesterday when I was still a young, young man. Uh, okay. Well, in case you missed it, uh, this is a thing, and I got to try it today, and I'm excited to share my thoughts and review it. What are we talking about? We're talking about Tim Horton's collaboration with Justice Beaver. Sorry, Justin. <laughs> Justin, you know you've always loved Tim's. Obsessed. Which is why we're so excited to partner with you to create brand new Timbit flavors. Let's go. Let's go. Brainstorming. Brainstorming. Could you imagine if we did a birthday cake waffle Timbit? Oh my. Yes. Yes. I can't even read my writing. It's so good. Think, think. Apple banana. Apple. Mm. No. Mm. Thinking cap. Put on the thinking cap. Yeah. Apricot latte. Yes. No, that's weird. Sorry. Think, Justin. Think. Yeah, get it out. Sour cream chocolate chip. Yes. 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 What if we do a chocolate white fudge? There it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now all we need is a name. Timbits mm. by Justin Bieber. Mm. No? no. Justin Bieber's Timbits. I got it. Tim Biebs. Yes. Tim Biebs. A collaboration between... I mean, it's not technically Canadian, but we still like to pretend it's ours. Uh, coffee restaurant chain Tim Hortons and actual Canadian. Uh, to, uh, wow, was it t- Tim Biebs? Uh, t- wow, Justin Bieber. <laughs> Holy. my! It's because wow. I was looking. I still I have the Tim Bit box in front of me, so I was looking at Tim Biebs. I thought that was his name. Anyway, Are you, uh, okay. when this first came out, there was a lot of flack online. People on TikTok thought this was so stupid. Tim Hortons has lost its way, man. What happened to the wholesome Canadian chain? Well, uh, and also people complaining about the food and the coffee. I'm sorry. Can you honestly tell me that a Tim Hortons sandwich or a Tim Hortons breakfast sandwich from five years ago are better than the ones today? They were horrible. Powdered eggs on a horrible, like, stale bun. It was awful. Now it's actually pretty good. Uh, they still got to work on the hash browns a little bit, just a little bit. They're they're getting better. Uh, 
so uh, the coffee is still is not as good that I will admit the coffee itself as soon as they ditched this. it and then McDonald's grabbed it up it's not perfect but they're getting better which I think is good I've mentioned it before I like Tim Hortons there's time and a place on on uh, Tuesday Laura and I met up and uh, my partner and we went to Tim Hortons together and had lunch uh, like a very hipster style lunch by the river in Calgary and it was great and along with me was a box, a 10-pack of Tim Beebs Timbits. So three flavors, birthday cake waffle, sour cream and chocolate chip, and chocolate white fudge. So the question is, are these disgusting or are they good? Well, my friends, I can like confidently tell you they are excellent. Uh, specifically, the sour cream chocolate. Now... Sour cream glazed is a donut that when you hear it, you think, why would you put sour cream on a donut? But it's amazing. I grew up on sour cream glazed. But to add the chocolate in there, oh my word, dude, like, yes, absolutely fantastic. Now, uh, I'm also a big fan. I like all three of them. I have to be clear. My second favorite is the birthday cake waffle. And I know, Scott, you were raving about yeah. the birthday cake waffle. Well, I, I go in on birthday cake flavored things, you know, like yes. birthday cake is a flavor that is out there. You get birthday cake ice cream, uh, birthday cake flavored mm-hmm. Slurpee I've seen. Yes. Uh, it's it's a flavor. And the idea of Sounds having good. it, yeah, in a, in a Timbit with the waffle flavor, I'm, I'm in mm-hmm. on that. But I do, it's funny because you say sour cream chocolate chip would be number one and birthday cake waffle number two. I think I'm switched because I do love the sour yep. cream donut. Put some chocolate chip in there. Amazing. Home run. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two jockey for first place. And then I might say the white chocolate fudge third. Uh, like, and a lower it, down third. It, I'm sorry. It is like, a third. I cannot. I cannot. This is no. This cannot continue. This is, this what is not talking? acceptable. Like first of all, anything Why? birthday cake is like having the flavor of red. That's like what flavor well, is it? It's a delicious flavor. It's, it's just very sugar, good, though. But the sugar is and good. It's all sugar. Okay. It's donuts. Okay. And then this this whole uh, sour cream chocolate notion that you're all you're loving on here. First of all, that's like putting dill pickle flavor on your popcorn. Absurd. Come on, be a purist. Sour cream glazed donuts are the only donuts that matter. It may be a close second if you wanted to give like a, a participation ribbon to something. It might be double dip chocolate. That's it, yeah. the double chocolate. Aside from that, that's the participation ribbon of the donuts. Sour cream glazed does not need to be changed. It does not need anything different. Uh, wow. You guys, I have lost so much respect for this lack of purity wow. that you're all about. <laughs> if if, Shane, wow. if Shane was in charge, we'd all be still riding in carriages behind horses. Lack of innovation. <laughs> it's about the innovation. It's innovation. innovation. Oh, that's, that's what drives the yeah. world forward. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This is a very Terrible. millennial-friendly <laughs> move by the company. And I will oh, and, and look, I, I'm not disagreeing. If it was a millennial move, they would charge three times as much for the Timbits. Yeah, just saying. That too. I think, I think they're like fifty cents more. Really? Like they, they're actually, more? Or wait, actually hold on. Let me check. I have my receipt. No, they're the same. Okay. No, okay. They're the same. Just yeah. BK is so, trying to get in here. He wants to say something. Just eat so. carrots. Oh, just do oh, what please. I do. Just eat carrots. Broccoli. Broccoli. <laughs> yeah. Cauliflower. Mm. Mm, that's uh, a great way to get customers. I'm so in disappointed. Sending us on a guilt trip. Yeah. 
Yeah, a little bit, eh? I will. I would just like to add that we have forgotten about the chocolate white fudge. I personally, when I open up a box of Timbits and I see the chocolate ones, they're never the first one I go for. Never. It's always the sour cream glazed and then the birthday cake. But these ones are really good. In fact, I have one left in my box here. What is it? Ooh, it appears to be a sour cream chocolate chip. I'm going to eat this and enjoy it uh, while uh, you guys fill airtime here. Hold on. Give me a sec. I think I got some kale in my backpack. <laughs> Very good. I did have this some kale a... on the way in. I'll, I'll oh, be good. honest good. about that. I try yeah. to I try to balance balanced yeah. lifestyle. Yeah. Balanced well, maybe diet. you can get birthday cake or birthday kale or some. Oh, that's good. Birthday liver. kale. I like yeah, that. That'd be good. Okay. No, Thank you. You guys did a great job of filling that time there. While I ate my, uh, I'm disappointed. My as uh, as uh, Chris from Edmonton says, Bieber balls. See, that would have been a good name. Bieber balls? Yeah. Yeah. That would be a very uh, Canadian uh, way, way to yeah, do it. Yeah, very, very good. Uh, I will say, uh, just complete side note, this is a really smart move by Tim Hortons. It's a good collaboration. The merch, people are trying to resell the hats, the fanny packs, everything. You can still find them if you like the merch, which I will say, it looks great. I'm just not really a big fan of Justin's, so I'm not going to spend $30 on a hat, but it looks great. And it's good brand awareness for the brand. Uh, I I think this is a home run for Tim Hortons. Yeah. Uh, And if you have not, if you're on your way to work right now and you have a stop at Tim Hortons to make, try them. Trust me. I think they nailed it by by not going too over the top, not trying to be too, you know, the branding is is, is, uh, not not totally tongue in cheek, but it's it's. Tim Hort it's still very Tim Hortons, just with just very some Tim Justin Hortons. Bieber mixed in. It's not trying to be super cool, uh, mm. Justin Bieber's brand. It's it's not full that. It's a good it's I agree with you, Ryan. It's a good mix. It's a good. Uh this does raise a question. Text it in. I'm curious your thoughts. 877-399-9898. What is the best Timbit flavor? I want to know. Sour cream glaze. So we already yeah. went over that. I, okay, I know, but we already know. Kale. <laughs> kale. Kale. <laughs> I, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and Tim Hortons is just going to put out a picture of a completely green, like, I, I like kale, by the way, just side note, green Timbit. It's, and we'll call it the Brendan Ball. Do you like, how do you, does that work well, for you, Brendan? The Brendan Ball, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Another name, maybe. I'd be more, more comfortable yeah, with. maybe. Right? Maybe. Yeah. All right. Oh, the God. That just goes to places that we can't go to. <laughs> no, we're not allowed. Yeah. Move. Can we just move so on now before we light the dumpster fire? Moving yeah, along. Please. Absolutely. Okay. Let's do something right. completely different. Uh, in hindsight, I probably should have led with this one. But anyway, I'm curious your thoughts on this one, too. This is a story that when the, the issue was raised, it makes a lot of sense to me why people want these changes. So especially if you do this for a living, let me know. The debate is continuing in Toronto over mandatory training for vehicle for hire drivers. So the idea is if you are want to become an Uber driver before you can sign up with Uber and start taking people five blocks because they don't want to walk or anything like that, you have to take a course, which just flat out makes a lot of sense to me because I imagine it, most of these services and most in just service jobs in general, you need some training for. And a driver's license, yes, you could argue, is your training. But 
you're driving 24-7 maybe, you're, you're driving far more often, you're doing different kinds of driving, it seems like it makes a lot of sense. But uh, Global's Catherine McDonald did a report because the mother of a, of a gentleman who was named Nicholas Cameron, Nicholas died in a car crash while in an Uber and the Uber driver was charged and his, or his mother is just very surprised that it has taken this long for the debate to actually heat up to the point where there could be some changes. Let's hear it. That is frustrating to watch the the whole thing play out over such a long period of time. Nearly four years after Cheryl Hawks' son Nicholas Cameron was killed while riding in an Uber, the driver later sentenced to two years probation and a one-year driving ban for careless driving. The city's general government and licensing committee is still trying to figure out how to implement mandatory training for vehicle for hire drivers since the city removed it in 2016 when Uber arrived in Toronto. My son was killed on a very simple trip to the airport. It totally changed all our lives. And I think that people, before they get into an Uber or call a ride share, have to think, do you want to take a taxi? Or do you want to take with a train driver? It has to be a train driver. Or do you want to roll the dice and get into the car with just anybody? The city is asking for driver training programs interested in teaching the course to submit applications by December 10th. Two and a half years ago, the city first announced that vehicle for hire drivers would be subject to mandatory training. A first request for proposals failed, despite the fact Centennial College has been operating a five-day course since 2017 that all Beck taxi drivers and some Uber drivers take. The death of Nicholas Cameron sort of weighs very heavily on, on my mind. I don't want us to ever forget about him, um, and, uh, and I don't want his death to be in vain. During Tuesday's meeting, one former Uber driver complained about the pause on issuing of licenses to rideshare drivers two weeks ago and said the actions of one inexperienced driver responsible for Nicholas Cameron's death has hurt everyone. I read about it and I feel that was really sad. Yes, I do agree that, you know, the pros drivers probably knew or something like that. But I mean, how do you hold every other driver accountable for that same situation? Cheryl Hawk says it's frustrating nothing has changed and says if safety was really a concern, it would have happened by now. The safety training has always been there. The knowledge has already been there. And so what's the holdup? Catherine McDonald, Global News. So I live in Alberta. And here, if you want to be an Uber driver, which is the only ride sharing service aside from taxis, and you know, if you want to be a taxi driver, you need this too. You need a class four license. You need a higher, like if I went and got my driver's license tomorrow, it would not be class four. I would need to do several courses and training and tests to be able to have that. And I will say that uh, 99% of the time I've been in a cab or an Uber, I have felt safe from the driving aspect. And this just makes sense that, and and I think actually a, a text from Trucker, uh, oh, I lost it. Where did it go? Trucker Dan says, I think the vehicle training is sorely inadequate at all levels. If you're going to have passengers, you need to be trained for exceptional skills. And I, I agree. If I'm going to be transporting someone from point A to point E, I should know every little thing I can do to make sure that's as safe as possible, especially because there have been incidences of people dying on their way to an airport. Uh, it's a very sad story, but I do think it raises a great question because, you know, when Uber and all these ride-sharing services 
first came in, there was so much excitement. Oh, it's so easy now. And it's, I don't, I'm, I don't have to call a cab. I can just do this, but we kind of rushed into it. And so there have been these changes across Canada to make that more even with taxis. Uh, but, uh, there is a reason up until some of these changes were put in Alberta that if I was doing a longer drive from one side of Calgary to another, I would take a taxi rather than a Uber. That's changed a little bit now. And I personally hope to see these changes across the country. It's amazing, right? Yeah. 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 I no. I think, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think the text is, uh, from trucker Dan makes a, uh, brilliant point that you need, you need to be skilled. This is a, it, it's an mm-hmm. industry that you need to be skilled in. Um, uh, BC, it's the same, by the way, you need to have a class six, I believe in BC. Good to know. Great. Well, it would not be in case you missed it. And seeing as, uh, Scott, you're getting to know us a little bit better. Uh, there's one thing you should know about me is that I absolutely adore a man by the name of, uh, actually, I'm not going to spoil that yet. First, let's talk about vampires. When you think about vampires, you probably think about fangs and capes and blood and bats. Maybe this guy. We had three bats and one more. Sasha makes one, two, three, four all together. Four bountiful buttes. I, I mean, four beautiful bats. The number of the day is four. Ah, 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 ah. ah one, two, three. There you go, everyone. Number of the day, number four. The count. Uh, now, if you may be interested, if you like vampires, that there is a new movie about Dracula coming out, more so about Dracula's assistant. Uh, but the Dracula in this movie will not sound like a traditional vampire. He may sound a little bit more like this. I'm a vampire! 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 Yes, Nicolas Cage, the man I love so much, is set to play Dracula in an upcoming Universal Studios monster movie called Rainfeld, which is a movie with Nicholas Holt starring as Dracula's notorious lackey. Uh, the quote is, he appears to be alongside the cord in Bram Stoker's original m- novel. The film will follow his exploits as the unhinged henchman and former asylum dweller. I think it's a cool idea make a movie about Dracula's assistant, but while Nicholas Holt, who's a fantastic actor, plays Reinfeldt, you will have Nick Cage, who's had this resurgence as a indie movie darling and a guy who's just lived into this idea is I'm going to be as crazy as possible on screen and people are going to love it. And I think that he's perfect because the last time he played a vampire was in a movie called Vampire's Kiss, a cult movie. It's not a bad movie. It's just Nicholas Cage's performance is so bizarre and funny it's impossible not to enjoy. Here is a moment when he just does Nicolas Cage things. What could be easier? It's all alphabetical. You just put it in the right file according to alphabetical order. You know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z, huh? That's all you have to do! Very good. You know your alphabet. I never misspelled anything! Not once, not one time! It only makes sense that we went from having the count to now the 
alphabet. I don't know how to segue there. Anyway, I think this is going to be bizarre. I can't wait to watch it. Hopefully coming in 2023. Is that why you um is that why you love him cuz he said I I have never misspelled anything. <laughs> Sorry. I've Couldn't. never misfiled anything. I love him cuz he just goes any movie regardless of how terrible it is, he's just going to go all in and I respect that. Also, watch the movie Pig. I think he might get nominated for Best Actor for it this year. And I, I mean that objectively. He's amazing in it. Came out this year. Worth a watch. He There's has he has Ryan won a, a Best Actor, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's yep, a champ. For, uh, Raising oh, Arizona. He's down. Yeah, he's yeah. a champ, hands down. This is The Shift Podcast. Barbados kick the queen to the curb. That's my inflammatory headline. It's not really the case, but it kind of is the case. The history of Barbados is is an interesting one. It was a colony, British colony, and uh, the community and the country has decided that it was going to move on without the monarchy. Earlier in the year, we were introduced to a gentleman um, who used to be an ambassador and has met the queen and done all those things and experienced the value of the monarchy, but he's from Barbados. So he knows the independence of it and the value of community and culture in uh, Barbadia for Barbadians, just in general. What a crossroads that must be in, right? And so Guy Hewitt joins us again. Father Guy Hewitt, I will say, uh, joins us again from Florida. And uh, this is an interesting time. We've come full circle, Guy. We talked about it, uh, you know, so many months ago that it was coming. And Barbados is officially independent republic uh no longer part of the british colonies good evening i'm shane and it's great to be with you and as you said correct um as of midnight last night barbados became a a republic so it is no longer holds to um the queen as head of state as canada and so many other um, realms in the commonwealth do it now has its native-born president uh, for the first time. And for me, it was very much a coming of age. Mm, interesting. Uh, just long overdue, do you think? In a sense, I, I tell people it's it's a process. It's a journey. And I use the analogy of when our kids get to that age where they get their own place and they, they, they give us back our keys. Because simply they are moving on. And I don't see it as a negative thing. I see it positively where you realize you've got to the point where you can do your own thing. You can stand on your own. You can represent yourself in the world and you no longer feel the need to hold on to, to the monarchy, hold on to the crown to, to, and you can define yourself for yourself going going forward in the world. And and so that to me is a positive thing. And I, I say to people at the same time that um, Her Majesty the Queen has been held in high regard in Barbados and across the Commonwealth. She was an icon of the 20th century. She saw Barbados and so many other countries become independent. And she's still held in high esteem. It's just, as I say, simply a matter of a rite of passage and the need for a young, um, well, a country that is now 50 years old to recognize the need to go on its own. 
Well, and that's 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 a very important piece of this too. Is that you know Barbados as an independent country, there's a lot of change there. Uh, Barbadian culture is so cool and so unique. Uh, it does, I would imagine, guy it heavily include the influence you know of Britain over the past bunch of years. So that marriage, I'm assuming it would just continue, or is there a regression back to older times, if you will? Well, well, no, because Barbados will continue to be a part of the Commonwealth of Nations, like Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Jamaica, Trinidad and Tobago, so many islands and countries in Asia and Pacific. We still are a family of independent countries, and we work together for mutual cooperation, areas of, of shared interest. And so the Queen as the head of the Commonwealth, will still have a, a, a tangential role to Barbados. Barbados will still be connected. And it, and it was significant that Prince Charles was in Barbados um, last night. He was there for the, the former ceremony of Barbados becoming a republic. He wished the country well. And, and so I would say it is an amicable um, separation. And, but with the opportunities to stay connected through the Commonwealth of Nations. So did you guys send him home like flying coach on a discount value airline, though, just to kind no. of prove the point? <laughs> I think, oh. Well, you see that, that they, the UK luckily has its own fly carrier, so he's able to come and go um, easily <laughs> on his own. But imp- importantly, he was... He was um, installed with or he received the order of Barbados last night um, from the the government. So again, it was uh, a significant gesture on the country's part saying to him as he came to receive the the last guard of honor on behalf of the Queen to to receive that national honor from Barbados as a, as a republic, as a way as a symbol of the continued bonds and goodwill now for for the future. Now, I imagine there's an awful lot of work to do in all kinds of aspects. I mean, politically, there's going to be all kinds of change and getting used to things. What are you most excited about, Guy? Uh, you this is this is your home. This is your heart. This is such a big piece of of you that you've shared with us here on the shift. I mean, what what are you most excited about for what's next for Barbadians to create this new and independent future? Well, let me, I need to put it, if I can take a step back and and speak to the the issue and a few of the challenges. Becoming a republic, um, which which is not just having uh, a native um, head of state, a a citizen, but it's also by definition supposed to be uh, governing by the people. So it's really supposed to be a manifestation of the people's will so that Whereas with uh, the, the, the crown, with the, with the monarchy, you have this top-down approach of somebody who inherits um, leadership. This is a situation where, in theory, every Barbadian could aspire to become the, uh, a president of Barbados. And that, to me, is very empowering, very democratic, um, very affirming to Barbadians. In terms of the psyche of the country, it says that we have really come of age. Although, again, it is important to recognize that when we became independent in 1966, a lot of what we achieved then really is what will continue now because our president, 
is is a ceremonial president much in the way that the governor general functioned before our previous governor general um dame sandra mason is now the first president of of barbados and so her duties won't change there is changes in nomenclature changes in title um you know what would have been in the past gov, gov um government house has become state house and some of those things are changing ceremonially and cosmetically but fundamentally a lot of the things that obtained in barbados are really going to continue as they were before one of the challenges i think and and this has to do with the impact of covid-19 because of the restrictions on movement on gatherings on on working on being together i think the government because it it pressed forward with becoming a republic at this time the country lost the opportunity to really involve the citizens not just last night um in the ceremony because it was interesting that they had to suspend the curfews for one night um to allow the the public to participate in it um it meant because of all the covid restrictions we've not ha- been able to have a robust engaged citizenry in this journey to becoming a republic and that is the the downside for me of this journey that a lot of people don't fully understand what it is and don't feel as invested as they could have and should have if we had had the opportunity to have it open to the people of Barbados and open to discussion and and informed opinions about how we should go forward as a new republic when you can celebrate it quite often you can start to own it right you get to celebrate yes. it get the experience of the freedom and celebration is such an incredible part we we as humans often you know here on the shift i'll get nine compliments i'll get one person who's you know dissatisfied and shares their negative opinion and of course as human beings we only think about the one we don't think about the nine that's just a human nature thing right we all have to work that exercise that muscle to be able to do that i would imagine that's very similar to this when people have not had the chance to celebrate maybe a year from now when it's uh, i don't know what you would call it you call it barbados day we call it canada day so um you maybe that's the chance where people can start to celebrate and own it and i suspect it will come over time what is important i think for democracy in barbados and our governance is for us to address some of the issues that that has constrained our politics um we we have across the caribbean um debates about the power of a prime minister a prime minister in a caribbean island because of the size of it because of their influence is more powerful than you would probably find a, a a prime minister in Canada probably find a, even a prime minister in Great Britain and so what what people have been talking about was the the need for some kinds of democracy reforms the question of whether you needed to have term limits imposed on our head of government whether we needed to give um special committees within parliament more power to investigate um the the functioning of government um the performance of government whether we wanted to even address the issue of 
what is the role of our upper house, the Senate, much like what you all have in Canada, where, again, people are not sure if you could make this more accountable, more more democratic, uh, more effective. So there is, I think, over time, the opportunity for the country to go beyond this significant um, but cosmetic change of going from governor general to president and really get into what being a republic really means in terms of saying what are the aspirations of Barbadians, what is the aspiration of the nation for itself in terms of democracy, and how could we strengthen that going forward? Rebirth can be a very beautiful thing. Um, Yes. Now, when we were chatting before um, we got on the radio, Guy and I have kept in touch uh, you know, uh, Guy Hewitt, of course, and Shane Hewitt, a uh, guy being of the handsome Hewitt clan of Barbados. Uh, the <laughs> um, that's actually how we first met, which is fun. Um, now, but you did say to me, you said about committing to the journey and we chatted about COVID. And since you've brought in the influence of COVID on this process, I thought I could would ask you to um, take off your old career hat of the uh, ambassadors and politics and your new faithful career hat. Um you know, it does seem like a natural segue to talk about committing to the journey with this rebirth of Barbados and, and, and what it is that you see now as you're working in Florida, um, you know, with with your church and your faith. Committing to the journey is so incredibly important. And here we are, you know, with the fa- in the face of, again, uh, more delays, if you will, to the, quote, back to normal. Keeping the faith is so important. Staying present to the community around us is so important. Have you noticed, now you you chose to become a shepherd, which I would say as an ambassador, you kind of already were a shepherd. But when you chose to take on this new career as father guy, you've chosen to become a shepherd. And we often don't choose that unless we see that the sheep are lost and we feel we can contribute. Through covid have you been surprised now in you know in your faith at how important it is that we have that leadership? I mean, I can't imagine that these conversations between what Barbados is going through right now with leadership, your experience in your career now, and seeing the the importance of having good leadership in your life every day. Where does that take your heart, and 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 what can you share with us the importance of committing to the journey and? Um, and staying positive and, and keeping the faith that we carry. And I'll say this, and I mean, you would recognize it, I'm sure, as many of your, your listeners do. This has been a most unprecedented time globally. Um, COVID has impacted on, on lives and livelihoods and lifestyles in the most profound way all over um, the globe. And, and so... People are still struggling to, to try to understand what it means. Um, we, we now have the, the, the threat of a new variant, um, which is making people feel uncertain again. What are going to be the implications in terms of getting back to normal? But in the midst of this, we have to remain positive. We have to trust the journey and we have to trust ourselves to be able to get through this stronger and better. It is that, that, that saying, it is darkest before the dawn. We have to believe that in the midst of what we are going through, and I have had 
um, in my my parish community and among friends. Um, the lose friends, people who have passed away, had to provide um, preside over funeral services for people who were too young to have been lost to COVID um, and, um, at this time. And I know how difficult it has been and it remains for a lot of people who are still trying to struggle with, with finding jobs. Um, kids, especially like in Barbados, kids have not been and are still not in school. They're still on doing online learning. Everyone is more or less feeling under pressure because of COVID and, and where things are in the world. But in the midst of all this, we, we need to recognize that life must go on. We can't surrender to the uncertainty. We can't give in to the negativity. We have to look at each ray of hope and hold on to it and try to to reproduce it within ourselves, try to generate as much energy with other people by coming together and celebrating the small victories. And that, at this point in time, is sometimes the best that we are able to do is just to celebrate the small victories and keep hope that they will reproduce themselves over time and become larger victories that we are able to hold on to and journey with um, together. It's a beautiful thing. I always enjoy our conversations. I'm always grateful when I get the odd text message from you as well. It's a beautiful thing. Um, Guy Hewitt is a former ambassador for Barbados to England and the Queen. Uh, Barbados is officially, uh, well, I don't want to say free, but they're officially part of the Commonwealth and creating a new future for uh, Barbadians, which is really what we have in front of us here. And I, I can't help but notice the synchronicity between this opportunity to talk about Barbados new future. And here we are dealing with all of the COVID things that we're going through in the pandemic, all of us in our lives, uh, perhaps in a snowy white Northern land, not beaches and palm trees, but here we are as, you know, a global community of people presented with the opportunity of a brand new future. And what does that look like? And what do we want to make of it? We've learned a lot of lessons here. And I think humanity's got a coming of age, like you said about Barbados. And the question is, is what do you want to create today? And I'm excited by that guy. And so am I. And as you say, it's like really a question of take your perspective, whether you're kind of a, a half full or half empty kind of person. And I think looking at it and, and seizing the opportunities and the possibilities that present themselves, whether it's in a new a, a country's continued journey or just us continuing to journey through life, we have to seize and hold on to each moment and optimize it for our sake, but I think for the benefit of all around us. Guy Hewitt, Father Guy Hewitt of the Handsome Hewitt clan in Barbados. I love that. It's great to see your face, man. I really appreciate it. It's it's great to be here with you, cuz. Take care, Shane. And again, continued blessings to you and to your listeners as we journey towards Christmas. This is The Shift Podcast. Congratulations, David, on your milestone. Thank you so much. You know... In radio, if you can last more than three years on anything, it's a height of success. 
The fact that we have been going into the weird and the woo for the last seven years, and we have no idea what stopping is all about. So we're just going to keep on going and run the woo train to see as far down the tracks as we could go, my friend. <laughs> run the woo train. Dave Scott, seventh anniversary of Spaced Out Radio. Uh, pretty exciting for you and all your hard work in putting this together. Uh, with the exception of a couple of mistakes, like, for example, I've noticed that you've taken the beard off. I mean, you're handsome underneath that coat, but, Thank you. you know, I did like the beard. That's just my opinion. Um, I know you did. Uh, I know. It looks really good. It's white like mine, so it makes me feel young. Um, now, over the seven years, Dave, there's got to be a couple of stories that really stand out in the world of the woo that even surprised even you and you're the kind of guy that if something's going on i can call and say hey what are your thoughts on this if you when dave scott is your friend nothing surprises dave scott like you have to understand the world this guy rotates in nothing surprises dave scott so what are some of the stories that you've encountered maybe you can give us a couple dave that I, truly I even you. surprised you I can give you two examples that jump out of my brain right off the bat. And I mentioned this one to my audience earlier on the show. April 20th, 2015, I was interviewing a gentleman named Harvey Kraft about Buddha of all topics. And I had to, we were on blog talk radio back then, real small. And I had this little studio built in a bedroom in the front of my house, right by my front door. Outside, I had my night uh, lights off, my outdoor lights off. I don't know why, because I always had them on in the evenings, but I turned them off. It was like three nights in a row. I didn't put them on. And while I'm interviewing him, about 17 minutes into the interview, I see something move out of my window, which I think, oh, my goodness, there's somebody coming to the door, and now my dogs are going to start barking, and my dogs aren't going to shut up, and the walls are paper thin, and I'm going to you know, get barking in the background. This is not good radio, but my dogs never started barking. So Harvey's talking on the radio, and I turned to look uh, to get up and look to look out the window to see who is at my front door, and that's where I noticed, like four feet away, right in front of me, I saw the big gray head and the giant black almond-shaped eyes that were staring back at me from the other side of the window as there was an alien gray standing there watching me. Do you think they come because it's Dave Scott and they're they're just checking in like they're listening far away and they're like, we want to check out who this uh, hairy bugger is have, from Northern BC? I have no idea, but I could tell you, I, I screamed like a banshee and it scared the daylights out of me. I jumped back up to the window because I wanted another look and this thing was gone, completely uh -huh. gone. If it disappeared anywhere, I would have been able to see it. I totally would have been able to see it. And I was not able to see where it went and how it disappeared, but it was gone. So, yes. And that's how the legend of Carl came along with our show as our show mascot. Because, you know, he needed a name. You know, so named Carl kind of jumped into my head, and that's what I named him. So, why Carl? Why not? I guess so. Good point. Very valid. He didn't, right, look so like a, Scott, he didn't look like a Jed or a Harold or or whatever, but yeah, I had that, a neighbor that one named was Harold. So that would be, you know, like you know when you know somebody by that name, you immediately picture that person. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I get that. All right, so you've got aliens coming to your house, Dave Scott. Um what what are the other stories 7 years later of spaced out radio that that surprise even you? All right. 
I was interviewing this gentleman named Anthony Kenyatta, and he claimed to have this haunted doll named Harold, by the way, that had literally the spawn of Satan living inside the doll. So this intrigued me, and I talked to Anthony beforehand, and, you know, I said to him point blank, I said, Anthony, you know, we're going to have a good interview. He's like, I'm a little nervous. I don't really talk about this stuff. I don't really know you. I don't know if you're going to make fun of me or anything like that. So no, we're going to have a good time. And he, and he forewarns me. He says, Dave, Harold is known to do things during shows that I'm on. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, we're going to get the whole hang up thing. And, you know, the phone's going to disconnect. And, oh, that was Harold or that was Harold, whatever. Nope, not on this night, my friend. Here I am interviewing Anthony. We are 45 minutes into the show. And I'm now living up north here in Louisville, where I live in British Columbia. And I've got this makeshift studio in my basement right near my laundry room. And it was hilarious to look at. And I'm broadcasting. And you know when you see something out of the corner of your eye that you you turn and look? So we're talking about Harold being the spawn of Satan. And I see something out of the corner of my eye. I turn my head to the left and look, and right over my shoulder, I see this four-and-a-half, five-foot, black-cloaked figure standing there, staring right at me. And then, poof, it disappeared right in front of my eyes. And once again, you know, because I'm a little bit of a screamer, I I screamed like a banshee again. And... (laughs) I'm telling you. So I get on back on the air. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're not going to believe what just happened. I said, I think Harold was here. And, he, and Anthony was like, what did you see? And I told him about this cloaked figure, very thin and frail. And then it just disappeared right in front of me. And he goes, oh, my God, my friend just had that exact thing happen to her two days previous. Wow. So... So the, the notion was is that because the doll was there, you were talking about the doll that the spirit came and arrived just to let you know, by the way, don't screw this up. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty wow. much. Um, I didn't take you as a screamer. I thought you'd be one of those guys that would be, like, super curious and just, like, immediately get right into it. So well, when I get startled, when I get startled, I, 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 you know, you give a quick scream and then you're like, okay, game face back on and make things happen. So what is it about the dolls, though? I mean, we all find the dolls scary, Pet cemetery style Chucky, like all those things, right? So why why is it that we find, what is it with the dolls and the connection to the woo here? Well, the dolls are originally created as death dolls. That That's the, the folklore behind any sort of doll, is that when somebody died, you would take their ashes and put them inside the doll, so that way their spirit to grow inside the doll and you could keep them to forever. That's why so many of these people claim that all of these antique dolls are, are haunted. And let's face it, when you get a ceramic face doll, it's scary looking at the best of times. Now, an yeah. interesting, uh, an interesting quick story here. My buddy Merle from paranormal road trippers in Vancouver was, in, uh, was investigating up in Quinell, British Columbia, one of the most haunted dolls in the world. All right. And this haunted doll that is in Quinell nearly killed him. He got in, this doll put Merle in a trance, and Merle wasn't feeling good. So he walked out of the, uh, Mandy is the doll's name. Mandy put Merle in a trance, 
and Merle started feeling really sick, walks out the door of the museum and is grabbed 10 feet from the highway by one of his team members because he was walking towards the highway and he was going to stand on the highway and get hit because Mandy didn't want him around. I love it. I don't love it, but I love it because it scares the crap out of me. So you're telling me some of these old dolls literally have ashes inside? Some of them. Wow. Hard to find. I, know I don't want to find one. I don't like the well, haunted stuff. You don't want to crack it open and find out. That's one of those things that I don't need to know. Isn't that the kind of the way that works? Well, it's easy. If you see a hundred doll, a hundred year old plus doll, don't buy it. Probably haunted. <laughs> don't nice buy it. <laughs> That's very good and very good advice. Absolutely. Dave Scott, spacedoutradio.com to check out the show. Congratulations, Dave. I do know how much you love this. It's a labor of love and how hard you work with all of it, too. And um, it's it's great to see you cross this milestone of seven years with the show. And you don't do it the easy way. Like, you started out just getting it online, trying to get it on the radio here and there, and it has worked, and everyone has stuck around. So congratulations, Dave. Thank you, my friend, and thank you to everybody at Chorus and uh, The Shift for allowing us to be a part of your family as well. And we really enjoy this time. So thank you so much, Shane, to you and your team for allowing us the opportunity to share these weird stories with you. Love it. We'll talk to you soon, bud. All right. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.